This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Pre-Calver Gold Mineral. Supporting your herd when they need it most. On C103. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. A new farm safety action plan has been launched to help reduce the level of fatalities and serious injuries on farms. The Code of Good Practice for Responsible Use of Antimicrobials on Poultry Farms has been published. A Cork food company is preparing to meet customers face-to-face for the first time in over a year. It's the end of August and a critical time for the growing and management of grass. So what is the situation on the ground in relation to grass and growth? And John O'Connor has the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. The IVA Livestock Committee has strongly criticised the proposals put forward for suckler and bee farmers in the Department of Agriculture's CAP consultation document. IFA National Livestock Chair Brendan Golden said members had been very disappointed at the lack of ambition to provide what he called meaningful support for the sector and also what he alleged had been the underhanded attempts to limit the national suckler herd through the proposed suckler cow scheme. The IFA point out that their livestock committee consists of democratically elected representatives of suckler and beef farmers from every county in the country. Setting out the conclusions of the committee, Brendan Golden said any attempt to limit or cap the national suckler herd has been rejected out of hand and will not be accepted by the IFA. Mr Golden said Irish suckler farmers operate one of the most environmentally sustainable beef farming systems in the world and are a critical component of beef production within the higher environmental standards that are being imposed on farming and food production by the European Union in the new CAP strategy. The IFA Livestock Chair said suckler farmers must be directly supported in the strategic plans for what they do. This must include a payment of €300 per cow, with no attempts within the scheme to limit or cap the national herd. The IFA Livestock Committee also strongly rejected the compulsion to be part of the Board Beer Quality Assurance Scheme, QA, as a condition of eligibility to receive payments. The IFA statement contended that QA is recognised as a market requirement, and as such, farmers who take part must be rewarded from the marketplace. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Skibbereen-based Chagask advisor Pauline O'Driscoll will join us on the programme later to discuss grassland management. There are also a number of important deadlines looming now in relation to nitrate regulations, which Pauline can bring us up to speed with. The closing date for the chemical 
nitrogen and phosphorus fertiliser applications, you know, your bag fertiliser, is coming soon. So we have two weeks for that. Closed period begins on the 15th of September. So again, be sure for, you know, environmental reasons, obviously financial reasons, but very important, it is regulation. So all applications have to be made prior to that date, as mentioned. Then also in terms of slurry exports for farmers who are exporting slurry to other farmers depending on your stocking rate um, so in terms of notifying the Department of Agriculture in the past farmers traditionally might have uh, completed a slurry export form and it was posted by registered post or it was scanned and emailed so if you're notifying your slurry export to the department by way of a paper form either if you're emailing it to the nitrate section in Johnson Castle Estate or if you're posting it then the form must be submitted on or before the 31st of August the 31st of August 2021. So that's next Tuesday um, coming now. So that's the last date for the submission of paper forms. For non-derogation farmers who are exporting slurry, you have up until the 30, December the 31st to have the export submitted and accepted online. So non-derogation farmers, obviously, you know, the slurry exports can be, as I say, notified to the Department of Agriculture up until the 31st of December, but the exports the export has to be created and submitted and accepted online. Then for farmers who have applied for a derogation and who are exporting slurry, they must have all their slurry exports completed, submitted and accepted online by the receiving farmer by the end of October. So this just, I suppose the imminent one is just to remind farmers that anyone who wishes to notify the Department of their slurry exports and if they wish to do so by completing the paper form, by either posting it or sending it by email, the deadline for submission of that form is, is, is Tuesday, the 31st of August. Pauline O'Driscoll of Chagas. We'll have more from Pauline later in the programme. Ministers McConnell, Logan Hayden have this week launched the Code of Good Practice for Responsible Use of Antimicrobials on Poultry Farms. John O'Connor has been studying the Code of Practice and joins me to discuss its provisions. First off, I ask John to remind us about what exactly AMR is, having covered it from different angles on Farm Talk in previous programmes. AMR, antimicrobial resistance, is the resistance of a microorganism to a drug that was originally effective for treatment of infections caused by that microorganism. Resistant microorganisms, including bacteria, fungi, viruses and parasites, are able to withstand attack by antimicrobial drugs, for example, antibiotics, antifungals, antivirals and antimalarials, so that standard treatment becomes ineffective and infections persist, increasing the risk of spread to others. So the risk of AMR in the poultry farm context, what is the Code of Good Practice calling for? The most important precaution in respect of poultry farms would be that operators work closely with their veterinary practitioner to reduce the overall use of antibiotics and improve or at least maintain the good health of the flock. The evolution of resistance strains is a natural phenomenon. It occurs when microorganisms replicate themselves erroneously or when resistant traits are exchanged between them. The use and the misuse of antimicrobial drugs accelerates the emergence of drug-resistant strains. Something as basic as good hygiene will always be a factor too in combating AMR. Poor infection control practices, inadequate sanitary conditions and inappropriate food handling encourage the spread of antimicrobial resistance, AMR. 
And new tighter EU regulations on animal health remedies are on the way. Yes, Barry. The European Union has been motivated by the need to ensure the precise administration of animal and bird health remedies to avoid AMR building up due to overuse of medicines. Overdosing or excessive blanket dosing of flocks can never be a substitute for good husbandry, good hygiene, ventilation, adequate space and vigilance for outbreaks. And the poultry good code of practice for responsible use of antimicrobials. Who developed this? The code, just launched by the two ministers, has been developed collaboratively by farming and veterinary stakeholders of the INAP Animal Health Committee under the chairmanship of the Animal and Plant Health Association. And John, how many people are employed in the Irish poultry sector? The sector supports 6,000 jobs and is important economically, with many of those jobs being in rural areas. And finally, where can flock owners obtain more details on the code of good practice for the responsible use of antimicrobials on poultry farms? Click on to www.gov.ie, all lowercase, and search for the code. Farm Talk on C103. Mr Ray Doyle, ICOS Livestock and Environment Services Executive reports that marts have remained true to their model of providing a financially secure, transparent and local service to all of their shareholders and customers over the last 18 months of the COVID-19 restrictions. Ray acknowledges that the Livestock Mart's trading platform has been changed in the main positively during the pandemic. The nationwide adoption of online trading has been, he said, a fantastic development for the national mart sector and has facilitated many new farmer clients. Mr Eric Driver, Associated Livestock Mart, says the return of buyers ringside has further improved the system as it gives the perfect blend of atmosphere of the live auction and added benefit of a larger number of buyers viewing online. However, it's been reported that since the advent of online trading at marts, staff at some of the marts are finding that farmers are tending to drop off their cattle at the mart and return home without waiting for the animals to be sold. This, is claimed, is time-consuming for mart staff if they attempt to contact the seller with the best offer being made for their stock. The unusually high prices which cattle have been making recently may have prompted up to half of mart customers in some locations to leave the ringside and keep in touch remotely online. Mart staff suggest that deals could be closed more quickly if the farmer remained at ringside until the sale was agreed. Marts would remind farmers who drop off their animals and depart that there are three parties involved in a successful and efficient sale. And those would be the seller, the buyer and the mart. Online mart trading has now taken root and unless livestock margins are to drop radically, an increasing number of sellers will leave their stock at the mart and drive away, leaving more work in some cases for the mart staff. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. A new farm safety action plan was launched this week to help reduce the level of fatalities and serious injuries on farms. The Farm Safety Partnership Advisory Committee, which is behind the plan, says while progress has been made in raising awareness of farm safety, reducing the amount of death and injury in the sector has been slow. Over the past decade, more people died in agriculture compared with any other sector, according to the Health and Safety Authority. 
We'll look at the figures and statistics in just a moment. But first, Kieran Roach, chair of the SFPAC, said there needs to be behavioural change on farms to make agriculture safer. I think that's a key thing that we need to do going forward and culture within farming. So unsafe practices are ruled out as such that people realise it's not okay to do it. So, for example, you know, someone operating a second tractor on, on the farm that isn't in great condition, but they said, oh, it does a few jobs around a tractor, maybe the handbrake isn't working correctly. If it's unsafe, it's unsafe, and it should become unacceptable within the environment. The aim of the new action plan is to reduce the level of fatality, serious injury and ill health in the agriculture sector, the HSA said. The FSPAC identified five critical areas for attention, behaviour, education and training, health and vulnerable persons, tractors and high-risk machinery, livestock handling, buildings, work and height. According to the HSA's review, work-related fatalities were more frequent in spring and summer, with the highest number happening in July, 34%. This pattern could be related to the intensity of farming activity during spring and summer. Work-related fatalities involving children were most common in the summer months, particularly August, 5 or 24%, and July, 4 or 19%. According to a report, work-related fatalities in agriculture were highest in the southwest region of Counties Cork and Kerry, 13.7 per 100,000 employed, followed by the border region of Counties Cavan, Donegal, Leitrim, Monaghan and Sligo, 8.9 per 100,000 employed. Both the review and the new Farm Safety Action Plan can be found on hsa.ie. A few weeks ago, we spoke to Norma Rohan of Embrace Farm Accident Support Network on the occasion of the annual Remembrance Ceremony. Norma also spoke on the Tagusk Beef Edge podcast with Catherine Egan at that time. And given that there is a big emphasis being placed on farm safety again this month, we thought it opportune to hear again from Norma Rohan in relation to the support network which is in place. When you hear of a tragedy on a farm, either through the local news and very rarely on the national news will you hear about a tragedy on a farm. But again, people would say, oh, geez, that must be awful now. And what, you know, But after a number of days or a number of weeks, that people kind of move on from that, except for the immediate family and the immediate neighbours who, who are probably helping out. Because without our neighbours in farming circles, we would be lost. So for people who survive accidents um, and those that end up with a life-altering injury, um, they have many journeys to go through and many battles to fight initially, I suppose, in their recovery, um, in fighting for their lives, uh, and then in rehabilitation from the point of view of trying to possibly relearn how to walk um, or depending on what type of brain injury they have. Um, Many end up with prosthetics afterwards um, and trying to find something that fits properly um, and trying to find their voice within that health system as well can be difficult at times. So where does Embrace Farm come into this journey? Um, We hold um, support groups for the survivors of farm accidents. And I know probably a lot of family farmers now would probably run at the thought of going to a support group, but this is uh, quite a unique group. Um, It is centred, it is about farmers, uh, meeting other farmers who have been um, on a similar journey as themselves 
um, either lost a leg or are suffering with chronic pain due to their injuries. Um, there's a lot of farming chat that goes on. There's a lot of banter um, and you can move from the very serious chats as well. Um, so that's an ongoing journey. And I suppose for a lot of farmers who survive farm accidents and end up with a life-changing injury, I suppose the, the thoughts that they had in their future for their farm and themselves are something that's very difficult to follow through on now, possibly because of their injuries. So they may have to rethink how they operate their farm enterprise. They may need to, for example, move away from one type and go to another. And that can be um, a difficult decision to come to terms with. Um, as we all know, farmers believe that they are holding the farm for the next generation to pass it on. And they feel they don't feel the best of not being able to hand it on the way they got it. So that journey is a very long journey. It's not something that you can recover from or rehabilitate from in a matter of weeks or days. It is an ongoing journey for quite a long time. And Embrace Farm just brings those people together to try and be with them and, you know, and walk with them on that journey as best we can. But it is mainly farmers supporting farmers themselves. Norma Rowan of Embrace Farm Accident Support Network. She was speaking on the Tigusk Beef Edge podcast with Catherine Egan. Still on the safety issue, we recently discussed a topic on the back of Farm Safety Week in relation to the proper licence required for agricultural machinery, along with the requirements for towing equipment. It emerged this week, Glenmarga, they were conducting speed checks on the M8 near Cork City when they found a car and trailer travelling at 119 kilometres an hour. The max speed for a towed trailer is 80 kilometres. A fixed charge penalty notice was issued with proceedings to follow. Two weeks ago, a 4x4 and trailer travelling 33 kilometres above the speed limit was detected by Gardaí in Cork. The driver of the 4x4 was fined for travelling at 113 kilometres an hour on the M8 near Fromoy by members of the Mitchellstown Roads Policing Unit. The speed limit for a 4x4 and trailer is again 80 kilometres an hour. According to Gardaí, the driver will appear in court for not holding the required driving licence for the vehicle. Again, a reminder of all that information that you need on towing a trailer and licence can be found on rsa.ie. Apart from exceptional cases, the proposed Suckler Carbon Efficiency Programme will stop participants from increasing cow numbers over the course of the contract. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine will define what exactly exceptional circumstances constitute when the full details of the scheme are finalised. The proposed Circular Carbon Efficiency Programme will replace BDGP and BWP and will be the vehicle for achieving a reduction in the capping of suckler cow numbers. The Irish Beef and Lamb Association say they would not reportedly support any restriction or capping on suckler cow numbers. And the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, ICSA, National Circular Chair, Mr Gerald Bryan, said his members would not agree to any restrictions on the number of circular cows a farmer could keep. In response to the CAP consultation documents put forward by the department, Mr O'Brien said that circular farmers need a much higher level of support in the next CAP, but this, he said, would not come at any cost. Mr O'Brien pointed out that suckler farms were not expanding by requiring nitrates derogations or by building what he called massive open-air slurry lagoons. 
In fact, he said, the number of suckler cows had declined in the past few years and suckler and sheep farmers were getting a lower level of support under Pillar 1 on a per hectare basis than dairy farmers were. And that, he said, was according to the Chagas National Farm Survey results of 2019. Part of a statement there from the ICSA suckler chair, Mr Ger O'Brien. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. It may not be feasible to meet the demand immediately for the machinery needed to implement the Nitrate Action Programme NAP. From the start of 2023, it's proposed that the use of Low Emission Slurry Spreading, LESS, will be made compulsory for all farmers operating above 100 kgs of livestock nitrogen per hectare and for all pig farmers. All organic matter supplied to arable land will have to be applied by this less system, the low-emission slurry spreading method. Dealer reports indicate there could be increased waiting times for availability of this less machinery in the region of eight or nine months possibly. One dealer believed that over 80% of all new tankers being sold at the moment are fitted with dribble bars or trailing shoe systems. The IFA are saying the department must now go back to the drawing board on the Nitrate Action Programme NAP as it's not acceptable and puts farmers' livelihoods at risk. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Joining us on this week's programme is Tagus Dairy Advisor in Skibbereen, Pauline O'Driscoll, to discuss grassland management at this time. In today's first part of our discussion, Pauline outlines targets that farmers should keep in mind and aim for. But first, it's the end of August and a critical time for the growing and the management of grass. So what is the situation on the ground in relation to grass and growth rates on dairy farms? Yes, if I was to give a bit of a general statement and a somewhat a blanket comment, um, thankfully, I suppose we're delighted to say yeah, across the board generally growths are much better and they have improved quite considerably on many farms again recently and are certainly on the up and rising and are doing so quite quickly at the moment. The average growth rate, I suppose, recorded in, in, in the Cork region on pasture-based Ireland for the week ending just there, the 24th of August, um, was recorded at 62 kilograms of dry matter. So figures across the country then varies from being in the in the late 40s to the mid 60s. So in areas it's anticipated, I suppose, that the, through the grass growth rate model, um, predictions are going to vary again. But in, in West Cork, predictions are varying something in the early to mid 70s. And, you know, heading north of that and heading up towards the Midlands and Northern counties, heading towards the mid and late 80s. So I suppose we're in a very good situation, thankfully, with regards, you know, we've got moisture in the ground and we've got fantastic sunshine and heat now this week. So there's no doubt about it that growth rates should be very good and, you know, certainly ahead of the norm for this time of year for the majority of farmers. So I suppose just going back on that, just to mention again in relation to the pasture base, figures recorded on that um, are showing, as it stands, average figures um, for, for this past week that farmers recording have an average farm cover of just over 800 kilograms of dry matter per hectare and the average stocking rate of farmers recording is at 3.2 livestock units. So the growth rate and demand, growth has been ahead of demand. Demand is at 49 kilograms and growth has been 63. So And cows on average were on a supplement of 3 kilos of ration. So, you know, taking that on board, you know, we're certainly in a position and a good position and going to be growing more grass by and large across all farms, mm-hmm. thankfully. 
And Pauline, could you outline maybe just a few reminders or even targets that farmers should bear in mind now and aim towards in relation to grassland management at this time? As I mentioned there, there was a lot of figures and a lot of them, as I say, the ones that are recorded in pasture-based are average figures. So naturally, there's going to be many farmers either side of these averages in terms of overall farm cover and growth rates, you know, demand on farms. So we're going to have, you know, a huge variation there in one direction or another. Locally, here in, in, in Skibbereen area, I'm, I'm aware of farmers having recorded growth rates in this past week in excess of 100 kilograms of dry matter. And there's also those equally in the region of the mid to late 40s. Like that, um, we're looking at a situation of, of farms having, you know, building adequate amount of grass, you know, not too much too soon. And then we're going across from that in your farms that are simply building too much grass. And especially now, I suppose, that's happening with, with the recent high growth rates and the weather and everything that I've mentioned there that we were experiencing this past week again. So, you know, there are situations that some farmers are possibly looking at and questioning themselves whether or not am I building a little bit too soon, too much too soon, um, looking into maybe little surpluses and questioning about taking out some, some by way of bales at this point. In, in ways, I suppose it's no different to any, every, any year. Every farmer must build the grass. We need to keep an eye on it and, and see the amount of grass that, we're, that we need to build up and watch the rate of how, how, how fast it's happening or how it's, how it's progressing. It's different across every farm and, and naturally it is so due to stock and rate, soil fertility issues, receding fertilizers and what have you. So it's just important. And um, I suppose I stress the need to walk the farm, walk the fields, See what your own situation is like and take into account, you know, then on the back of that, uh, you know, general rule, rule of thumb and the reminder, you know, that you would have to be kind of definitely on target for 25 days plus, depending on stocking rate and heading. Ideally, you're talking about 30 day rotation length at, at this point in time. So if you don't have figures and you're looking at that, um, that's where you need to be heading um, for now to start of September. And you just want to be building this up to, you know, something in the region of 35 days plus by mid-late September. So, like, right now, if we're looking at it, it last days of August, first days of September, a 30-day rotation means, like, that if I have 30 hectares of ground available to me for cows to graze, then, on average, I'm grazing one hectare per day. If you're, you don't want to be, you know, going, going over this and things like that because you're basically not building your grass. So then for farmers measuring and recording... Um, if, if, we, if we use the assumption um, of if you had a stocking rate on your platform of three cows to the hectare, you're talking at then your average farm cover, you'd want it to be now close to around a thousandth of an average farm cover for the 1st of September. And then, you know, over the period of the next two to three weeks, you want this to rise consistently um, to something in the region of an average farm cover of 1100 to 1150 by mid to late September. So it's just, as I say, um, to summarise, it's again going back to that whole thing. Farmers know this. You're doing it year in, year out, and everything like that. But it's just, you know, yeah, there's busy times and there's lots of things happening on farm still. Um, despite, you know, we'd anticipate it could be a quiet time, but it's just to urge farmers again just to go out and regularly check, you know, walk the farm, see the amount of grass that's there. At least then you can make kind of better and more informed decisions, take action one way or another, whichever way it might be, to reducing supplements if needed, to or obviously in, in, in direct contrast to that, putting in some supplement, putting in more of it, removing calves or stock off to the outblocks and so on and so forth, um, could involve, you know, scanning cows and removing calls at this point in time. 
um, because no doubt there's farmers in those situations with regard that might be have higher stocking rates and mightn't have, you know, surpluses of, 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 of bales because of the difficult year we've had. There mightn't be a big amount of buffer feeding on farms. So, as I say again, just uh, uh, repeating, but to summary, just to, to walk the farm and see how you're fixed, react for your own farm in your own situation. And I suppose the important thing to remember and keep in the back of your own head is that um, th- the action that you might need to take might be quite different to what your neighbour might need to do. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, not to be afraid just because your decision might be different to what what you're hearing somebody else might might be having to do. So, you know, there's, there's multiple factors at play and, um, you know, you'll have to make the decision for, for your own individual firm. Pauline O'Driscoll, the Tagestary Advisor in Skibbereen, will continue that discussion on grass management on our programme on next Wednesday night. A reminder, the Tagus Moor Park Open Day, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, the 14th, 15th and 16th of September for the Irish dairy industry. The Open Day will be repeated over the three days to ensure compliance with the government guidelines on COVID. The theme will be delivering sustainability. Attendees will be able to visit the Tiagas Moor Park site on one of the three days while complying with the guidelines. You will need to register online and attend at a predetermined time. The registration will open on the 6th of September at tagus.ie forward slash moorpark21. Professor Jerry Boyle, outgoing Chagas Director, in part one of a two-part feature in the Irish Independent Farming Supplement of Tuesday 24th of August, 2021, insists that dairy beef can be profitable as he backs Irish farmers to adapt to the sustainability agenda. Professor Boyle tells Claire McCormack of Farming Independent that circular farmers must consider dairy beef as a feasible alternative. Professor Boyle says we are unique in having identified solutions. The biggest part is implementing these solutions, with the important caveat that the dairy sector has got to become more aligned with lower use of chemical nitrogen. Professor Boyle told the farming independent journalist Claire McCormack that, in his opinion, economics should always dictate policy changes. The professor suggests that we must deal with the hand that we've been dealt up to 2030. Professor Boyle expounds on all of these points in his interview in Farming Independent of Tuesday 24th of August in conversation with news correspondent and journalist Claire McCormack. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. West Cork-based Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association National President Mr Dermot Kelleher says livestock farmers will feel betrayed by the business strategy of the ABP Group to become a big player in plant-based alternatives to actual meat products. He says an examination of the ABP subsidiary, DOPSU, raises many questions about the vulnerability of livestock systems which have become utterly dependent on multi-billion euro companies. Mr Kelleher contended that the examination sharply exposed the fact that no, we are not all in this together. For many years now, he said, the ICSA had repeatedly called for innovation in the marketing of beef, lamb and organic products. He said the ICSA had fought a lonely battle with other farm organisations in standing up for the sustainability and nutritional health value of beef and lamb. 
but he contended that the very companies which had made billions from beef and lamb exports had done little or nothing to help other than to sell as cheaply as possible and pass the costs back to the farmer. He said it was glaringly obvious that the meat processors' only responses to consumer trends and emerging concerns about sustainability was to get Borbia to impose a set of rules on farmers under the guise of quality assurance. He did not see a single example of innovative marketing funded by meat factories to fight back against what he called the relentless anti-meat propaganda. Daily, farmers were forced to look on helplessly at the multi-million euro billboard campaigns, but there's no money being invested by meat companies in counteracting this, despite the fact they have billions of retained profits. Mr. Kelleher said, ABP are the leading player in Irish beef and lamb, but we've seen nothing like the levels of what he called slick marketing, which they've given over to their new plant-based meat substitutes. Just part there of a detailed extensive statement from the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association National President, Mr. Dermot Kelleher. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. A Cork Food Company is preparing to meet customers face-to-face for the first time in over a year. Ballymaloo Foods has joined with Cook Architects as part of Design Pop Cork, an architecture, design and food festival. The event celebrates creativity and collaboration and Ballymaloo Foods are located in Elizabeth Fort over the three days. Ballymaloo Foods say they've missed travelling to festivals and shows over the past 18 months and are now looking forward to meeting customers in person again. Sarah Collins is the marketing manager at Ballymaloo Foods and tells me how it's been through the COVID pandemic. Obviously, we kind of really had to learn to adapt. We saw overnight, like everyone else, you know, food service restaurants shut down and they would have been kind of the heartland of our business. But we did see retail picked up. So from our operation side, the team really just had to totally adapt production. You know, we became probably 95% retail products going out the door and it was just really meeting that demand. So kind of, I think a great job was done from then on that point for a while we were doing 24 hours production in the factory in Atlyland. And it's then over time we've seen food service come back, which is great because, you know, there's so much innovation in that sector. You know, there's food trucks everywhere. People are doing a lot of limited menu items and we're really partnering with them to kind of stand out and try something different. But I think what was great for us and kind of to see that people, they just changed their eating habits. You know, so we saw, thankfully for us, people were still eating a lot of relish, mayonnaise, um, because they're eating at home rather than in the office. But also one of our star products is our beetroot. So it actually got um, two great tastes star awards in 2020 and it's actually now one of our best-selling products and it's all grown packed and pickled in east cork so it's really it was something we're trying as much as we can to source ingredients in ireland and that's why it's kind of a labor of love for yasmin hyde when she started out producing beetroot because she knew she could make an amazing product made 100 percent in cork so, yeah, that's kind of one of our real success stories over the last few years. Yeah, it's been a difficult time. And, of course, when you were off the road, you were missing out on all the festivals and the shows, which were a huge part of your operation. For us, it's so important to go doing the show circuit. And we love, you know, we do from ploughing to bloom to taste of Dublin. So we... 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Like everyone else, probably had to do some virtual events, and we did a virtual St. Patrick's Day celebration, which worked great for us, and we had people dialing in from all over the world. But when the opportunity came to do Design Pop this weekend in Cork and also Taste of Dublin next weekend, running from the 1st to the 5th in Dublin, we signed up straight away because it's two years since we've been kind of put to rest, and so now we have the bands ready to go. And it was the ploughing, was the last venue, the last festival, the last show that you were participating in? Yes, yeah, we did the ploughing in 2019, so that was our last show. So we um, went out with a bang. None of us knew when we were packing everything away that September that we wouldn't be using it again for two years. But, uh, yes, yeah, so we actually, I think they're having a ploughing kind of anniversary um, piece going out this year, but we're very much looking forward to getting back to that in 2022. It's one of the kind of the most fun and great shows kind of in our calendar. And do you miss all the summer shows and that, of which there would be plenty in, in, in County Cork during the course of the season? Yeah, it has been hard, you know, to see so many people not able to do things. And where possible, we do virtual events. But it's even great, you know, the farmer's market was going ahead. But we've seen, you know, we're able to support with the Ballycotton Comedy Festival coming up in September. They're doing a virtual run for Ballycotton as well. So... Where we could, we've tried to get in on smaller events. And, you know, we did a Glanton community event for Halloween. So where we were limited kind of by distance, we still try to engage with the market. But definitely now next week, kind of the big scale of Taste Dublin will be kind of amazing to be back. And we've also just confirmed we'll be doing a show in the UK in September. So we'll be getting over to see the trade in the UK, which is such a big, important export market for us. And we've seen so much growth over the last two years. So for us, it's really important to actually go and meet the consumers and get everyone falling in love with original relish as much as possible. And that's what you'll be doing this weekend. And in Cork, fitting that it's in Cork, the Design Pop. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so Design Pop has been going for a few years. And Amy, who organises it, does a sterling job. And we, it's something actually for Balmlew is very close to the heart to kind of be 
the area of architecture. Obviously, Myrtle Allen's family were Hill architects in Cork, so they, you know, something that's very important to Yasmin and her family. So when we got asked, did we want to have one of the pavilions and collaborate with Cook Architects? It for us, it was an easy decision. So we've been kind of working with Cook Architects and brought them on a tour of our factory and our offices, and then they interpret interpreted the Balamalu food story. So it would be interesting to see kind of how everyone engages with it in Elizabeth Fort. It's kicking off on Friday until Sunday. So I hope everyone kind of enjoys seeing. We've really focused on our great taste, award-winning products, but there'll also be free samples and we'll be handing out recipe booklets between 12 and 2 over the three days. So it's um, really just an opportunity for people to call by, speak to us, you know, just really, I think everyone's looking for that bit of normality after so long. Sarah Collins, the marketing manager at Ballymaloo Foods. Plans are being drawn up for the development of 700 apartments on the site of the former CMP Dairy on the Kinsale Road in Cork. What for Limited, the property management and development arm of Dairy Gold, which owns the site, is at the pre-application consultation stage for a strategic housing development proposal. A decision on whether the plans can proceed to a formal planning application is due by October. Dairy Gold had previously withdrawn a proposal to redevelop the site with the construction of a large retail warehouse and showroom along with other facilities. The site was rezoned from light industry to residential local services and institutional uses by Cork City Council in 2019. Ashling Walsh of Shandoon Makra is with us again with a roundup of activities this week. This week sees five of our officers attend officer training in Ballyhas Lakes. It's not just our members who will be attending. There will be members from all over Munster attending on Saturday. And this will give us a chance to meet many new members and members who we haven't seen for a while. Scavenger Hunt Ireland are once again teaming up with Makra and Affirma on the 4th and 5th of September. Members will have to send in photos of the hints and there's a €300 Euro one for all voucher up for grabs on the day. Vince Munster clubs have to look forward to our club officer training, county officer training and Cork County Mockers day out to Smugglers Cove. There'll be lots of events coming up and we're looking forward to taking part in them and to meeting our members once again in person. And thanks to Ashleen Walsh for this week's update. IFA Livestock Chair Mr Brendan Golden said the Minister of Agriculture Mr McConnell must clarify his intentions on the draft circular scheme for 2023 to 2027 inclusive which he said was now out for public consultation as part of the new CAP strategic plan. Mr Golden said while farmers would understand the concept of a reference year, any suggestion that farmers would suffer a penalty on their payments for existing cows if they increase numbers would be unprecedented and unacceptable. The IFA, Mr Golden recalled, had consistently sought a payment of €300 Euro per suckler cow. This scheme, he said, must be the vehicle to do that, but we can't have restrictive conditions. The minister and the department need to learn the lessons from the BEAM scheme, which turned what should have been a good news story into a negative. Mr Golden suggested the overall problem with the consultation document was there was no indication of the budget for the schemes. The budget for the circular scheme must be sufficient to deliver €300 Euro per circular cow. 
the government should set out their plans for the budget as part of the consultation process. Mr Golden said the IFA would make a comprehensive submission before the deadline of August 27th. Part of a statement there from the IFA National Livestock Chair, Mr Benjamin Golden. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Pre-Calver Gold Mineral specifically formulated for dairy and suckler cows in the lead up to calving on C103. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.